This is the Hong Kong Football Podcast coming from Kowloon, Hong Kong. In a week, well, a fortnight where quite a lot happened. Transfer markets open, lots of football games have started, and we've been so busy with Christmas and New Year, we couldn't rhyme anything. I, on this occasion, am Jonathan White, and I'm here with Tobias Sousa, as always. Toby, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Super. Fantastic. How did you start into the new decade? Ruining missing the kitschy game on New Year's Eve Eve. Yeah, that's a pity. It was uh, probably the worst postponement, preponement. They moved it forward. It was the worst fixture uh, change of the year for me. Yeah, indeed. Usually Hong Kong has one of the last games of the year in the whole world. And also usually one of the first games of the year. But I think they were beaten this year by 55 minutes by Japan. Emperor's Cup. And that's... That's no way to start the decade for Hong Kong football. Yeah, we're already losing out. Haven't even started yet and already falling behind Japan as usual. Yeah. Oh, did you notice James Leg is not here? Oh, James is away. Yeah, away leg. The away leg. Um, Any idea where he is, Toby? Starting a Thai podcast, I heard. Yeah, I hope it's about football, but you never know with James. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Could be about books. Or his other niche interests that he's chasing up Magazine in Southeast Magazine subscriptions. Sure. And stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so where should we start? We should start with the Senior Shield. All right, and you actually went to watch... I was watch there on Christmas Day with James, and it was a goal fest. Indeed, right? For Hong Kong football, it was great entertainment. There was a goal pretty much before everyone had sat down from the brilliantly named Everton Camargo. I think we can stop with the brilliantly named, as long as James is not... <laughs> from there. a man called Everton Camargo. <laughs> right. No judgment on his name either way. Yeah, he'd scored early doors... They were two up by half-time. They should have been three up, Easton. Then RNF looked like the team that everyone thinks they should be. Early second half, they went three, two up. One of the goals was absolutely sensational. It should have gone viral, apart from it seems no one has videoed it, which must be a first in Hong Kong football. So that was the goal by Deadly Deble, right? Serge Deble. Deadly Deble, yeah. The, you know, appropriately named Deadly Deble. Yeah, he picked the ball up on halfway when, you know, I think nine times out of ten, He's not having that first touch, and he's, he's killed quite a difficult pass. Then he's come inside, he's jumped over one tackle, which looked, you know, last ditch, even though it was about halfway into the eastern half. Then he's, you know, he's, he's changed his feet a couple of times, and then after that, he's channeled Ricardo Caresma. he's hit the ball with the outside of his right boot, around a defender, into Yap's top corner, it might even have gone in off the post... Everyone in what I like to think of as, you know, the, the good stand, <laughs> the one nearest the entrance, everyone there was somewhere between laughing in disbelief and jumping up and down. As you can imagine, the players went mad. But it wasn't to be. They, they tried to shore the game up and then uh, they, they lost out. It was another great goal for Easton. I think that put them ahead after they made it back to 3-3. A little chip after a, a penalty was turned down. By Shuao Emiya, right? Yep. And then Everton scored a final goal when he sort of bundled his way past on a, on a breakaway. There's a red card in there as well. There was something for everyone. Yeah. A that, Christmas miracle. That sounds really like an amazing match and definitely something worth to watch on Christmas Day. I think I missed it because I was sleeping off my jet lag on that day, which I deeply regret. But one interesting thing here that I'm sure James would like us to point out is Everton's record in the Senior Shield. Quite remarkable. He scored, what, eight goals in six games? Is it something like that? Nine goals in three games? Something like that, like a lot of goals. 
<laughs> he, he seems to live for the senior shield. I'd, I'd like to point out he should have scored one more. That game could have been done and dusted by half time. He had the best chance of the game and he ended up one on one. And like after doing all the hard work, he was six yards out and hit the goalkeeper. Indeed. And I think it could be his probably second final in three years. He was the reviewing long before and they won the senior shield eventually. And now Eastern are again in the senior shield final. I think probably well deserved somehow. I mean, he had a good start into the season then became a bit less dominating, lost out to R&F. But then a senior shield itself is also a competition with its own rules. Uh, Eastern itself seemed at least to prepare themselves for a very strong spring as well. And we will talk about this in a moment when we talk about the transfers. Yeah, I think with Eastern, they definitely want to win something. They, uh, they invested heavily, it would seem, in the summer. They looked like a team who wanted to get back to where they think they belong at the top of the Hong Kong Premier League table. And you know, winning the Senior Shield is, is a good thing to do. It's a serious competition, unlike some others that we <laughs> won't mention just yet. More on that later. You talk about the Sapling Cup, right? <laughs> yes, but that's enough on that. Okay. There was another game on... Boxing Day, as it's called in some regions. Yep, St. Stephen's Day, if you prefer. Yeah, that's December exactly. 26, if that's you very prefer correct. that one. Absolutely. We, we will spend this time usually with ski jumping, ah, well. traditionally. No football there. But here it's kind of ski jumping, but just in the Hong Kong football way. Lee Man against Tai Po. Lee Man being the, uh, the surprise package of the season, would you say? Absolutely. A lot of people agree with this. At least two of them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Lee, Lee Man impressing again. So they could end up with some some silverware here. And you know, bad news for you that Taipo won't be there. Yes, indeed. But I think that's well deserved. Taipo are really not in the current shape that they should be in a senior shield final right now. Anyway, it appeared to be a kind of one-sided affair. Lee Man beat the Greens. 3-0 eventually. Very much marched through the competition so far. Let's not forget they eliminated Kitschi before that. Now they eliminated the reigning champions as well. And yeah, facing again Easton, which they, as we mentioned in a moment, have beaten in the Premier League. I think the final will go ahead on February 9th in this year, 2020, in the new decade. The same day as the uh, Hong Kong International Marathon. Oh yeah, really? Wow, that's that's tough competition. Yeah, and uh, could be a busy day. I mean, the marathon starts early, right? So you can finish it probably at one and then take the MTR to, to watch the game. Sure. Have a have a lovely day out. <laughs> yeah. Enjoying all of Hong Kong on foot. Right. Not sure how you feel on February 10th, but sure it's worth it. So yeah, this is certainly a, a big highlight. It's quite late this year, actually, the final. Usually it's in January, but because of the Chinese New Year and the ever-changing lunar calendars. Yeah, Chinese New Year's earlier this year, it seems. It is, yes. For the year of the rat. Right. So this will be the first real final, a trophy for the year of the rat. Yeah, what a, what a year to uh, come yeah. good for Lee Man. I think it's the iron rat. Wow, yeah. the Re- best rat. Replacing the earth pig. Iron rat. Yeah, a lot of... Beat earth pig for me. <laughs> a lot of things to look forward to. So that's very much about the senior shield, I would say. Still the longest standing inter-club competition of Asia. Well, Japan can't take that away just yet. Not yet, but maybe one day. Other games happened actually before the Senior Shield, if I'm not mistaken. Well, there was an elongated match week to make it feel much more like uh, the English Premier League, the Hong Kong Premier League. Managed to stretch out a Premier League match round over about a week than the Senior Shield in between. 
very festive. It's good if you wanted to go and watch a lot of football. Uh, it's probably a bit of a nightmare if you were playing a lot of football. What were the results that stood out for you, Toby? Well, the nil-nil between New Long and Happy Valley was, uh, I guess, quite exciting. The battle of the relegation candidates. And yeah, both of them did not do themselves any favour. They've taken one point each in a six-pointer. Exactly. So not the most ideal, I guess. But the good thing is we don't have to talk about the match highlights. There were not any. But a much more interesting result, and especially my sincerest <laughs> admiration for your prediction here. The Rangers R&F match ended 1-7 for the title favourites, R&F. And what did you predict the I, week before that? I predicted there'd be eight goals and they would be split very differently from 4-4. And I think I was uh, pointing to an R&F win. But 7-1's probably even more than I thought was going to happen. 6-2, the uh, you know the purest choice. I think that was my, uh, my real pick. If I'm not mistaken, all these seven goals were scored by seven different players. Oh, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> How mistaken are you? Yeah, actually, they were scored by six different players. Two goals by Matt Lamb, and then one goal each by Igor Satori, Baihe, Thiago De Leonco, Yunchun Singh, and Deadly Deble from the spot. Deadly Deble from the spot. I just hope he used the outside of his boot. Stay true to himself. <laughs> Rangers then still scored one goal in injury time, but it was too little too late, I would say. Scant consolation. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, this leaves R&F on top of the table and let them start as well the new year on top of the table, where they're now quite comfortably on position number one, even though Lehman actually have still the chance, opportunity to go on joint points with them if they would win the game in hand that they, I think, are not playing until March. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that game in hand's not looking particularly helpful right now, knowing it's so far away. And knowing that Kichi has become stronger since then. Well, I'm sure we'll We'll get to that in a minute. Another very important match in this round was Lehman against Eastern. Uh, Lehman, as we know, being the first runners-up at the moment, but very closely followed by Eastern. So it was more or less a decisive match if Lehman can get rid of Eastern as a, a real title favourite. And I think Lehman indeed did not disappoint. They, uh, they haven't disappointed all season, have they? If you're a Lehman fan, this is... Uh... That's the time to be alive. Yeah. yeah. What a decade to yeah. enter into. It's like the Leicester of Hong Kong. Which is good because they've got the same template as the uh, current Leicester kit so you know they can be Hong Kong's Leicester that's something to look into for sure the goal came by Ngan Lok Fung in the third minute of injury time of the first half and he celebrated this by showing let's say the number 51 with his hands so five on one hand and one on the other hand some people believed it could have a political meaning, something with demands and so on, and not one less. Other people could believe it had to do with wanting a substitution by number 6 or 51. Or um, 15, because he, he, he was looking right. at his own hands. Uh, any other theories you are aware of? Potentially, you know, it's just a footballer and he, he got the score wrong. Could be, just five goals off. But yeah. yeah, so we have seen this now quite a bit, but right after the Ngan Lok Fung incident, I uh, also saw a picture of Jose Mourinho showing the same five and one into the camera many years ago, it seems. <laughs> Wanting a substitution. Anyway, so that's a great result for Lehman, I believe, which still makes them kind of the closest rival for R&F in the season at the moment. I would say they are the strongest rivals right now because... R&F have been in this position before and we always expect them to be the ones challenging. We always expect them to be the ones who are going to get over the line. Lehman, the pressure's off them. 
there's much more pressure on Easton and Kitchy, who are further down in the table, to get above them than there is on Lehman to do anything. So you're Hong Kong's version of Leicester City, you know, hold hold some weight there, and not just because of that that kit. They've ended the year great. They've potentially started the other one great, but we've got a couple of weeks before we see how they get on with that. They've got to be in a good position. They should be very happy with you know their, their season so far. Admittedly, it's not Germany where you dish out prizes at halfway through the year. They're not the uh, Christmas runners-up or anything, but still, good season. Absolutely, and it seems that a certain Chen Hu-Ming, who is head coach at the moment, puts himself into a very good position to get a respectable award this year, even if Lima would just finish in the top three, I believe. But yeah, the work that he has done now, with including a lot of young players and more or less sticking to a long-term plan when last season a lot of people were already a bit frustrated with the results, now really bears fruits. Yeah, well done to him. Also not to forget that his assistant coach at the moment is Tsang Chiu-Tat, the former very young Yunlong coach. I think he's now approaching his 30s and has been at the side of uh, Chen Hu-Ming for Lehman as well. So very well done and I think we might still see some surprises this decade as well from them I'm already starting to feel old when there's there's coaches <laughs> approaching their 30s yeah that's very true so let's not talk about this anymore then this round of Premier League fixtures was rounded off at the end of the year with a game on December 30th which was originally planned for December 31st but maybe because they were worried about traffic or anything they wanted to have it earlier, unfortunately, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. And that was Kitsch against Pegasus. One of the highlights was that apparently the stream went blank for like seven or eight minutes, which is not ideal for a stream that you have to pay for, as Kitsch is insisting on. But that maybe is another matter. Actually, Kitsch took the lead through Chu Yingzhi in the second half. Then Pegasus equalized a few minutes later. and they then pegged them back. Indeed, <laughs> pegged them back. And Velix and D'Souza then scored the match winner. But all in all, it seemed that Kitsch were still quite lucky to get away with three points. Pegasus had some good chances still and were close to actually score an equalizer as well. Still a kind of satisfying result for Kitschi, of course, which makes sure that they're not falling behind too much in the table. But they are all in all, Pegasus is not the team that you should have too many troubles right now to beat. So maybe not as satisfying after all. Well, Kitschi, while not impressing, will be happy to have got the result. They're not in a position to be uh, dropping points against Pegasus. And normally they wouldn't be in a position to do this. You know, it was only the last decade. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was only a few months ago where they uh, lost, what was it, an 18-month unbeaten record or something like that. Like, they were really, really dominant. And now they look a very, very different team. So beating Pegasus while you're struggling, you know, that's that's good for the kitschy fans. But as I say, we're talking now last decade stuff already. So it's getting more and more a thing of the past, the kitschy dominance. There's a, a glint in your eye when you say that. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's happening to Taipo as well now. So, yeah, here we go. Speaking of Taipo, Taipo then played the first match of the new year. Almost the first match in the world, as we have mentioned before, but beaten by Japan. And very much like the current Taipo <laughs> to uh, come second. Indeed. And so it was a match against Salvan and played in Mongkok Stadium. And, yeah, it ended 2-1 for Salvan, with both goals coming from Travis Major, but I think especially his... Was it the first goal or the second one? I think it was the second. 
It's what a way to cap off a day. As you're told to as a striker, he's uh, he's chased the ball down for the, the keeper to uh, have to kick it past him. He's jumped, he's made himself big. He's a big lad anyway. He's made himself very big. He's turned his back on it. And the next time he's turned round, the ball has cannoned into the goal. The typo goalkeeper's got his head in his hands. And, you know, he scored from what might be the furthest out he's ever scored a goal. He must have been at least eight yards out. These are usually the things where you... I mean, strikers always try this, right? But it, it never... I mean, it never really happens. It's low percentage. So maybe like in a reserve division as well, but usually not in the kind of first tier. Maybe a first in, in the Hong Kong Premier League for some time. Yeah, then Yuto Nakamura, the naturalized Hong Kong Japanese who joined Taipo, I think, um, earlier this season. Again, he scored the 2-1 for Taipo, but it was, again, too little too late. Very, very late, wasn't it? Yeah, I think also in injury time already. With a diving header, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, Taipo couldn't do much more than this. And I think a deserved result eventually. 2-1 for Salvan in the first game of the new decade. So how does this make the table look like? Top of the charts, RNF, Lehman, and then it starts to get more interesting. Indeed, and then one point behind Lehman is currently Salvan, but I think with a game more. Then Kichi on fourth, Eastern on fifth, but both on 13 points. And then already far behind on nine points is Taipo. And then at the rest of the pack is Pegasus on six points, Happy Valley on five, Rangers on five, and Yunlong on four. So yeah, still I think both at the top and at the very top at least, and the bottom kind of open race, much more so than maybe in previous years, which is not the worst, I guess. Would you have expected such a table at the beginning of the season? I think the answer to that is clearly no. Certainly not at the top. Like I say, Lee Man have uh, have really impressed. Like that's that's great work to do that. And if they, you know, if this is part of a plan and there's, there's more to come for them. RNF, you know, every time I'm uh, allowed on the pod, I say the same thing. We do expect <laughs> them to win. But that's because, you know, they're, they're the money team. They're the team who can afford to buy up the MVP of last season and uh, add him to a pretty star-studded cast. You expect them to be there. Lee Man being there and pushing them all the way so far. We're halfway in. That's great. Below that, Eastern, close enough. You'd expect them to be around there. Kitchy, uh, living up to their current billing, have been slightly disappointing. Pegasus, you know, what can you say about them except a lot of horse puns, which I will rein in <laughs> for now. Sorry. But they're, you know, the pretty much the only mid-table team, it seems, right now. Because everyone else below them is currently in a, a relegation scrap. You'd have thought Happy Valley would be there because, you know, it's a big step up. Yenlong is unpredictable. And Rangers, I think everyone had earmarked to struggle as well. So down the bottom's not so uh, unexpected. What, what do you think, Toby? Would you, would you say the same or you disagree massively? <laughs> No, I, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. I think that R&F, people expected it. Then, of course, the fall of Kichi is still quite surprising. Typo was a bit predictable, given what happened over the summer. But all in all, I feel it, it was a strange season so far. But uh, I'm actually not really disappointed with how close it has become and how interesting the fixtures could be. Because at the moment, you feel that most teams could beat anyone, except maybe for R&F. But again they can still be beaten as well, as we have just seen. Now that all said, it seems that some teams have not given up just yet and started to throw money around as well. And we will talk about this after a short break.
The Hong Kong Football Podcast comes out every two weeks, dropping on each second Wednesday. Make sure you never miss our latest show by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, or wherever else you get your podcasts. So wintertime is always transfer time. A time for great change. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Greatest changes so far. What comes to mind would be Kitschy first. The Kitschy uh, certainly made the most exciting social media event of their transfers. Indeed. Uh, interesting video of the new player finding the way to the Kitschy Center by GPS. Seeming to fail at the beginning, but then eventually makes it. Probably a good analogy for his <laughs> career. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Kovacic. Nikola Komazic, uh, kind of local football legend already. I would say so, deservedly. He, he has been around now for a couple of years. Of course, became famous during his time in South China, scoring very important goals. I think at the beginning of that season, he had a goal ratio of one goal per game, I think for like 10 games straight or so. Then scored very important goals in the AFC Cup as well. And through this, I think really built up his reputation as a very, very good left-footed striker. Then he had different stations. He played for Pegasus for a while, then he went abroad, and then Salvan, where he was before. Yeah, until just before Christmas. And now he is with Kitschy. Well, it was nice, I thought, to see him get a club so soon after uh, Southern decided to go a different direction, as I think the press release said on releasing him. Do you think he fits into this kitschy lineup? Yeah, that's a big question. I mean, another thing that we need to mention here is that this happened after Lucas Silva was released, apparently because he couldn't get along with the coach or people were unhappy with his discipline or so on. So Kitschy was maybe what he thought that they are in need of a, another striker. If Komasic, however, is like the right fit, I'm still hesitant. I mean, they have strong strikers, as we know, with uh, Manuel Bleder and with Wellington de Sousa. Then they have, of course, uh, Clayton in the midfield. So good options there. The question is if Komasic will be a guy then who comes off the bench or if he like fits in the current system already. So I'm not too sure yet. Interestingly, Komasic played for Kitschi before. I think it was two years ago for the Lunar New Year Cup as an invited player. So he's, um, he's pulling on the uh, the famous blue once again. Right. And I remember like back then, James was very excited that Komasic put on the Kitschi kit just for this game. So now I'm sure he's even more thrilled that he has put it on for good. Well, I expect to see uh, an order put into the Kitschy megastore. Yeah, probably, right from Thailand. A size M shirt with Komasetch on the back. And that was not the only signing for Kitschy. No, no, they've uh, they've strengthened somewhere you might expect them to strengthen. Finally. In I defense. Think, yeah. We have talked about this for, I think, half a year. Like, when is Kitschy signing the Korean defender that they are supposedly to sign? Uh, and now it happened. Finally, finally. Do you know who that guy is? I did know his name. <laughs> Mr. Park. <laughs> Mr. Park. There it is. I know him as Mr. Park. 26, I believe. It's a, it's a good age for a defender. But he uh, he hasn't played an awful lot of football in his 26 years. You know, he's, He didn't seem to be first choice when he was in Korea. And he was only in Korea quite unusually, it seems, uh, for the last couple of seasons. He was in Portugal prior to that, which is not a career path you expect of a South Korean footballer. Seems like a move straight out of the Chinese Super League and China League One playbook. I'd be interested to see what he's like. Korean defenders are usually very good signings when they go abroad. Yeah, that's true. I think it's always very hard to 
really predict how even players who might be just in the reserves or not playing many games in Korea, if they would still maybe be on, on a good level in Hong Kong. Could, could easily be the sure, case. Sure, he could be the best player in the league. And Kichi have made good Korean signings before. Kim Dong-jin comes to mind, who was like a really, really stable centre-back for them. Kim Dong-jin was the more of kind of established player who ended his career there. And I think who was now also involved in signing this player, I mm -hmm. would assume, because he is now defensive coach for Kichi. Yeah, it, it was just a matter of time and they signed the Korean. And of course, they did this ahead of the AFC Cup qualifiers that they are going to have to play, I think, starting with February. So yeah, nonetheless, I think uh, interesting signings. At least it shows that they have not given up yet on still contesting for a cup or contesting for the title. Well, it's nice to think that they see the league table and think, this is wrong, we can do something about this, rather than just saying, well, you know, there's always next year. There seems to be a couple of teams that may be thinking that, but Kitchi isn't one of them. Kitchi is not one of them, and also Eastern is not one of them. Most certainly not. So Eastern actually really made, I think, the biggest headlines with two very impressive signings. Very impressive. Well, they, they've brought in Sandro, Hong Kong international striker from the champions. From the champions typo, yes. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's a statement of intent. And then they've brought in Lucas as well, haven't they? Right, Lucas Silva, former Kichi striker. Yep, he was released for whatever reason in this transfer merry-go-round. How do you see those two fitting in? So, of course, you already have Everton Camargo, who delivers sometimes, as he just did in the Senior Shield. But nonetheless, like even if you think, uh, could they fit in or not, we need to recognize that Lucas Silva is one of the most, or used to be one of the most dangerous strikers in the Hong Kong Premier League, always up in the top goal scorers in the last few seasons. And when he is in form, not injured, then I think he is probably the most complete, the most threatening striker in the Hong Kong Premier League at the moment. So for this, I think it's... It's a, it's a great signing to make, especially considering that it's a signing straight from the biggest local rival in that sense. Uh, and Sandro, uh, Sandro, I think, also gets maybe a little bit of unfair critique sometimes that he is maybe not the fastest or not the most ambitious one. But nonetheless, the goal tally does not lie. I mean, he's scoring important goals, has scored important goals, even for Taipo last season, towards the end of the season, helping him to win the championship eventually. He is a regular international with the Hong Kong team. And that being said, he is a naturalized striker, right? So you can field him in addition to another four foreign players on the pitch. That also means that they can have Diego Eli on the pitch as well, who just got his passport, meaning that they can now play with up to like six foreign players on the pitch already, which sounds very much like Kitschi a few years ago and which was their uh, recipe for success. So... And it worked. It, it did, worked? It did work. So yeah, I, I believe there are two great signings. Uh, what I've heard is that they are going to loan out Sean Moser now to Pegasus because yeah, it's getting a bit crowded in the squad already. And they certainly can afford to lose Sean Moser. I mean, they have like... Still well, they, good... they can afford to lose him to Pegasus, you know. Right. Horses for courses. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> we have been waiting for this. I think I snuck one in before. All right. <laughs> But yeah, they, they still have Shaw Amir, of course. And yeah, I, I think now a very, very strong attacking lineup. It'd be interesting to see if this changes the way they approach games. You know, they've, they've got arguably three first-choice strikers there. The envy of the rest of the league, if you want. Can they play three up front? Can those three play up front together? Like that's that's possible, especially if, you know, Sanjo's in the middle and the other two are working off him. But are they going to try and just, you know, blitz teams and score their way to the league? Or at least, you know, second... Show a bit of intent. 
this must be another 18 cup competitions for them to win at this stage. That's very true. And still respect for them that they are willing to make these changes and willing to invest. I'm sure both of these signings are not coming cheap to them as well. Eastern was a team that was struggling with their finances in the last few seasons. So it basically shows that maybe they are back stronger again. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, they've taken players away from what were direct rivals, which is... It's not a move that happens in, in every league, but in certain leagues, you know, Italy, Germany, you see this. You're going to see it in China, I think, over the course of the winter break. But if you can take players away from teams that were, well, last season, the champions, kitschy traditional rivals, and I know they let Lucas Silva go, but these, these are players that would walk into most teams in the league. They'd be the starting striker, most of them. You've now got three of them. That's That's got to help you in the long run. And you, you can never sort of legislate for injuries, even in a season as arguably short as this. That's very true, and it almost sounds like a kind of long-anticipated revenge for Easton. A couple of years ago, I think it was in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, Easton was about to sign Sandro and basically signed a preliminary intention for an agreement with him. But in the meantime, he then signed with Kitschi and Easton was furious about it and tried to go to court to bar him from playing games, which of course they lost eventually. But yeah, now three years later, Eastern finally have him legally and yeah now Kitschi are the ones who have been missing out on him interesting developments uh, out of interest was was that the small claims court they took him to <laughs> probably the <laughs> the Hong Kong FA tribunal or something uh, like that <laughs> Right. Um, then on the fringes, not so many exciting signings so far. I think Gabriel Mendes, a Pegasus player, fell out of favor for Pegasus a while ago. He is going to join Salvan. Salvan, as you know, they have recently released Comerset, so they have a spot free. And also an interesting signing, kind of an interesting signing for Taipo. Taipo needed a qualified coach to participate in the AFC Champions League qualifiers. Which Fung- are coming up quite soon very soon indeed I think on January 21st they're playing away in Malaysia now Fung Hoi Man the head coach at the moment does not have a pro license Kenneth Kwok who would have been the one who has it, left the team early. So they signed a coach who was active in Oman for quite some while, went to a UEFA pro license school, seemed to be still like a bit of inexperience, but nonetheless probably enough for him to to take on this job and playing this probably won away goal in the AFC Champions League before most likely Typo will soon play in the AFC Cup instead of the Champions League. Yeah, I just hope it's not like uh, the last time where the only coverage of the game was someone's Facebook Live on their phone. Well, uh, let's wait for that. Uh, at least we're not playing in North Korea. True. Which means, except for the games in, in Taiwan, all games are in reach, especially with the team from Macau as well. So you can watch like home and away games, almost all of them. A few good away days. Yeah. Boat to Macau. Yeah. Or the bus. <laughs> True. Yeah. Taxi to Macau. It did, yeah. If if we have enough people, we could do the, a private road trip as well. I'm sure James Legg will be delighted. And you can crowdfund it and then yeah. he can be and do it all in rhyme. He'll be equally happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very much about the interesting transfers. If you know any other transfers, let us know. But we might see still some. Do, do you think changes. there'll be more to come? Yeah, like this occasional little merry-go-round that you have of passing on players. Do you um, think there'll be anything uh, a bit more unexpected? Because what we've seen so far is, like you say, the merry-go-round. It is nice that you see 
footballers leave one Hong Kong team and then they move to another quite quickly. And that's, you know, that's a good thing, like, especially for potential, you know, representative team recruits. That if people are staying in Hong Kong and not jeopardising their potential to get their, their permanent residency, then, you know, we could have a striker under the age of 35. Right. Uh, I mean, I would still expect maybe one or two changes with RNF, also one or two changes with Taipo. Taipo have just lost Sandro and they're going to play in the AFC Cup. So I would hope for them to at least bring in another striker. They're um, a little bit light at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. So there were like rumors that maybe Lucas Silva will join them, which is not. So yeah, I would hope that they can find another striker to give them at least a little bit more threat in the Asian competition when they have to play in Macau or Taiwan. Yeah, or the when, they, when they go to penalties in Malaysia. Right. I'm not sure they make it to the penalties, but um, that's another story, uh, which we'll then talk about more in the coming podcast. Anything else that comes to mind? I think the, the only thing that really comes to mind is the, uh, the big gap we have now. Yes, indeed. We call it a big gap because there are games, but these are games of a special interest or that require special interest. A lot of Sublink Cup games that are coming up played on January 4th and January 5th and then January 10th and January 11th and January 12th. A lot of Sublink Cup group stage games, which even makes it hard to talk about all of them because we are now, I think, halfway through the Sublink Cup. Everything is still very much open. They play like two rounds this year. So it's all a little bit intransparent and not interesting just yet. Maybe then when we are coming to the final two games of the Sapling Cup group stage, we can see... Oh, I thought you were saying when we come to the final of the Sapling Cup. Well, and then I thought maybe, maybe. Maybe. If this day comes, we'll be delighted. Nonetheless, after all this Sapling Cup action, the next Premier League round will happen on January 16th to January 19th. I think by then... We will have another podcast coming out already, but we could basically already do a first preview here because it turns out to be a kind well, of very easy one. Yeah, it's the uh, the same match day in reverse as the last one. Right. I didn't even notice this until you told me. So it's basically, yeah, the same as last round, just all in reverse. Pegasus Kitschi, RNF Rangers, Typo Salvan, Eastern Lehman, Happy Valley Yun Long, which will play a goalless draw. And for all the others, what can you say to I our I think ev everything's going to end 7-1, isn't it? <laughs> that should mean you'd expect that we're halfway through the season, but we know we're not, so it's, it's still quite unusual. There's games to make up, because this should be match week 10. Most teams have played six, seven, eight games. There's still games missing from the calendar there. So even though we're already up to this, you know, this turnaround watershed moment, we're not quite where we should be, which, again... Brings me back to this big gap in the calendar. But still, I'm very much looking forward to that round as well. Well, it's certainly good news for RNF because they absolutely steamrolled Rangers last time and they want to keep racking up them points while there's people with games in hand behind them. Everything behind that looks like hard work, but RNF should be okay. Okay, so the final question, the most important question, what are your hopes for Hong Kong football in this coming decade well my hopes are that there'd be a lunar new year cup and uh, an interport cup and there's there's been None se <laughs> seemingly neither for this uh, next couple of weeks yeah so it seems that lunar new year cup is 
not going to happen, or if it's going to happen, then it will be a very, very, not to say incestuous, but kind of internal affair <laughs> between like local selections and national teams. Um, well, yeah, the representative team under 23s against the league select. Yeah, that it will most likely end up with. But yeah, it's a big disappointment, of course, that the current conditions make it quite hard to attract an international Especially club to join. Especially after last year, where it seemed to have picked up again after a few years of being um, slightly overlooked, you might say. Like the interest last year, certainly in funding it, was, was back again. Sagantosu with Fernando Torres were brought over. Shandong Luneng, who went and won it, with Roger Guedes looking quite good. Maron Fellaini at least turned up for the uh, the, the pre-tournament dinner. Uh, Pele, like they were bringing what are exciting teams again, and that just seems a shame. Every opportunity there is for people to get into a football stadium in Hong Kong and watch footballers that they might have some interest in, um, even if it's an aged Torres, like it just seems like a good thing. Bigger crowds get that enthusiasm for local football up again which makes me think that hong kong has changed quite a bit since last year like in this current environment i could not imagine shandong luneng's wang dalei running around hong kong stadium with a china flag how how well received that would be yeah different times indeed a different decade starting it means another decade of the hong kong football podcast so great to have you back on the show as now a regular a semi-regular a semi-regular guest off the substitutes bench so that allows me to go to the ski jumping to the ski jumping occasionally james leg can have his, his away new, legs his new thai podcast thanks a lot for your time thank you toby and that's it have a nice week enjoy the football hope your team wins what little there is of it <laughs> yeah. bye bye that's a place for you